0: Hello, hello, hello and welcome to Five Star Potential, a weekly football manager podcast brought to you by the team at WeStream FM. As per usual, I'm not on my own. I'm joined this week by a returning Kirti FM. Christoph, how are you? Blinding, absolutely blinding. Happy to be back. Excellent. We're looking for a stellar effort this
1: week with the quiz. Well, I've got a lot to live up to after uh dupe. Uh, stepped in while I was away. Sterling job there, Dupe as well. Very good. Enjoyed the uh, enjoyed the two quizzes you've uh, you've done. Whilst he's there, he might as well introduce himself, I suppose. Mr Dupe, how are you?
2: Um a little bit upset that I haven't got my leading role. Um but you know, I'll get over it.
0: I'm sure you will. But I'm glad that you've you put the put put it up him, yep. um so to speak, uh without Wouldn't be the first time. jumping also, on too it's, many innuendos.
2: He's got some big boots to fill. I'm I'm, I'm happy has. to do it next week if if he if he can't live <laughs> up to expectation. Just saying.
0: Excellent. Always a bit of competition. So it's very healthy. Uh, Mr. Dave has a party. How are you? All good in the hood. Have you seen a good business with the uh, the fireplaces with the weather being so cold this week, or is it just business as per usual?
3: Uh, we've had like just people complaining. That's all. <laughs>
0: what is too cold?
3: <laughs> no, it's because people have only just realised that their fire is broke. Now it's actually got cold. So yeah,
0: I mean you're really advertising your services there. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving swiftly on and rounding us up for a five, Mr Teach.
4: Good evening, everyone.
0: Good evening. How are you, sir? Very good. I'm very good. Thank you. Excellent. 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 Right, we're going to jump two footed. Like a tackle from Gary Middell, I am sure Raz will love that reference. Uh, into the team meeting this week, I think it's quite a meaty topic. Now it's been it's been around for quite a while now, so Football Manager eighteen I think is deserving of a revisit because we've had a couple of patches drop. Um, so and we've also then had time to pl- actually play the game and sort of have a bit more of a a broadened view on how we see the game after a bit of time with it. So, uh, Mister Kurt Dog. Do you want to kick us off with the opinions thus far into the game's release?
1: Well, I've made a little pro and con list. I'm not going to go through it all um, before I'll allow other people to speak. Um, But I'll I'll start off with uh, one of the pros in general, and maybe everyone could uh, could chirp in as well. But uh, the medical centre. I'm quite a big fan of it. I like uh, I like the fact that you can actually you know monitor players and actually do a bit of injury prevention, um, which although you could do that previously, it was never made clear to you um, the effect that you may have been having on certain players. So I'm I'm a big fan of the uh, the medi- medical center in general.
2: I'd just uh, add a little bit to that if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely, I, I agree. The only reason why I'm quite a big fan of it is because I'm in it a lot this year because of the injuries seem to be quite high but it's it's normal apparently it's it's statistically the same as it is in real life but yeah that's the reason why i like it because i'm always on the bloody screen
1: you see i've um during the beta i found yeah injuries were quite difficult to manage i mean it's kind of i've kind of reined it in a bit now um and you kind of find that a lot of your injury prone players are the ones that pick up the regular the regular knocks so um it kind of makes sense in that regard
4: um
1: but actually it's uh yeah, i'm 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 just enjoying that feature i think it's it's really helpful in terms of uh, managing your squad
4: i mean i've always been quite the rotator anyway when it comes to football manager i've always rotated uh youth in in particular and, and given them a chance so um you know over an an over aggressive amount of injuries was never something i had to worry about but i'll be honest i've not found myself in and out of the medical centre, all that much, unless it's come down to uh, my sorting out of my training, whether I'm whether I'm pushing them hard, whether I'm whether I'm going sort of below average or whatnot. Um, but I do, I'm not the type of person who spends, you know, I don't go and check it every week or before every game and think, so far I can't play him uh, just in case he gets injured because he's a high risk at the moment. Um, I'm I'm still going off my old model of well he didn't play in the last game or he played 20 minutes in the last game so he's, he's he's good for a start that lad now
3: I think well obviously I've been in and out of it a, li- a little bit more and I started a new save and I don't know whether it's because of sort of the season only just starting but I've seemed to have quite a lot of injuries especially to key players at the moment I'm going to write it off because it's sort of the start of the season maybe they've not quite got their match sharpness and stuff yet but I'm, I am in and out of it, but I see a lot. Obviously, oh, he's played four matches in the last fourteen days. High risk of injury, but a lot of the time that's your full eleven, and it's gonna, it gives me a few headaches. Do I rotate the team? Do I keep it the same? Do I change the whole eleven entirely? So uh, I agree, it's a good feature, but at times it does give me some uh, real headaches on the game. But I think there are ways to
1: manage it, like um, you know. Teach sort of mentioned rotating your squad, and I, I'm I'm of a similar ilk. Similar ilk, you know. I I, I quite like to build a squad to have two elevens effectively, so you can rotate without any kind of uh, hiccup uh, bringing other players in. But I quite like uh, that with the medical centre. It it's not necessarily about net, uh, matches played, but it allows you to actually. Manage your training better, and manage your individual training. So, for example, players with a high injury risk. Okay, that that high injury risk will go down if you've got a little break between games. Um, but if if you haven't got a break between games, you know you could give your players an extra rest, or or decrease the level of intensity for their training. Um, and I find that even though training has, eff- you know, it's effectively been left alone, and that was one of the, um, one of the negatives we had when this game initially dropped. Um, it means I'm more active, and pro- well proactive really with managing my players and how they're training, and actually you know watching them sort of week to week, game to game to to try and um, try and manage their injury situation if they are a high injury risk.
2: This second part of the season in my save at the moment, I found that um, giving the players a rest after every game is helping massively. Uh, even if we've got only a couple of days before the next game, just manually going in and resting every single player, even if they haven't played, uh, I've noticed that my injuries have been dropping and obviously that they're, we're working on a lower intensity with a bit higher fitness. It, it seems to be going a lot better doing it that way.
0: See, I think this neatly rolls us into uh, dynamics as well, to be honest. and it, it kind of features or figures on a point of what Kurt Dogg's just said about... Uh, having two squads so uh, I think the importance of being able to rotate is obviously having those players that are part of at least one of the social groups that you've obviously developed and so I think that's perhaps almost uh, goes hand in hand with this whole uh, situation of maintaining players' fitness by rotating but also making sure that you have those players still part of the actual squad and feel involved because I guess that I'm. I mean, playing at conference level, it's kind of hard to have enough players to have enough backups because you either don't have the budget, uh, or you've you've lost players because they've been poached uh, from like non-contract deals because that's the only way you can effectively build up squad depth and, and quality. When you have you'll have one or two key players, maybe three if you're lucky, but you just do not have the funds to be able to stretch that far. So I find it quite difficult. A having someone good enough to manage my uh, medical issues sufficiently, but also having enough players to make sure that I've got two entire squads sort of uh, built up and one waiting in the wings to jump on in when I do get injuries.
3: Yeah, I think uh, at times it's all a little bit about luck on your schedule and stuff like that because at times I've had games, I mean, for example, I started this new save and I had a a cup game on the Thursday and then a league game on the Saturday Saturday. Luckily, the cup game was against a lower league team, so we sort of managed to scrape through. But it'd be hard to manage if that was a cup that I really wanted to win, but at the same time, I want to stay competitive in the league. For any team of any standard, two games in sort of three days is difficult. And although, I mean, a lot of teams, you can get two fairly solid 11s, but in an ideal world or realistically, you're never going to have two 11s that are as strong as each other. So at times you are going to have to use your sort of brain and your management sort of experience to actually pick an 11 that's balanced in each side that you still are confident enough to get the the two wins out of both games.
4: In a bid to keep this moving on the the likes and dislikes, as we were just talking about dynamics, I don't know how you guys feel about this, Uh, but one thing I sort of, I personally dislike a little bit because I used to man manage quite a lot, but I'm guessing probably a lot of people this year like a hell of a lot the influence that your your higher uh, your, your your you know your top tier players have on everyone else in the squad. And what I mean by that is, oh uh, Joe Blogs, he uh, he's not been playing. He's, he's played 30 minutes game time across the course of the season, and he wants to leave. Oh, do us a favour, mate. Just uh, step in and have a word. And every time, and well, I'm not every time, but I'm pretty sure 98% of the time I've asked one of my players to step in, they've been able to talk that play around, which I think in many ways is right. That's what that 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 the ability to do that is for. But I, as a manager, I'm having less and less conversations because it's all too easy to just go, have a word, because I know you'll fix it without me causing a right load of unrest in the squad.
1: Yeah, the Dynamics thing is interesting. I've, I've actually put that... I've got a pro list and a con list, and Dynamics is kind of bang in the middle. I'm still... I've not... I've, I don't think I've used it enough um, to, to have a strong opinion of it either way. Um, what I have found, though, with my Forest save, is that... Um, I haven't used that feature, actually, that you just spoke of, Tobes. I've not asked any of my senior players or any of my team leaders to have a word because at the start of the game, I didn't particularly like any of my team leaders and I didn't see them having a big future at the club. Um, So Chris Cohen is probably the one that I would go to. Uh, He's the club captain, but at the same time, he's been injured all season. Um, So, for example, I had Daryl Murphy who I identified as someone that I wanted to get rid of straight away. He was on a ridiculous contract, he's getting old, and he was highly influential. Now, I've not been playing him, and he came to me and said, look, I'm not happy with my playing time. I said, okay, but to be honest, I don't see a future for you here. Basically, he he accepted that. Then, shortly afterwards, he moved down a, a grade to influential, and no one had any beef with me about the fact that I was getting rid of him. It's the same with Eric Lehigh, uh, my American fullback. His contract comes to the, an end at the end of the season. He's not bothered about me, you know, not signing a new contract. No one else seems bothered about the fact that he's not signed a new contract, and he's he's down as a team leader. So, yeah, I've uh, dynamics is something that I don't think I've got enough experience about to sort of pass judgment on, but. Um, it's an interesting feature and I know a lot of people have had sort of uh, negatives or positives with it but for me it's just uh, it's just kind of just been in the background so far
3: yeah going back to what Toby said regarding sort of the influential player um, in my current wall save I've had a lot of injuries to central midfielders so I went to sign a new one just as a depth option because it would be strong enough to be a good option for us and one of the guys that is injured for like two months moaned about obviously being replaced. So I got the option of, well, got given the option of what my captain going to talk to him. But I've had it about three or four times and every time I've asked, he's refused to do anything about it. Whereas obviously on the other hand, you, you said like a lot of the time he's just going to do it and it sorts the problem. I don't know whether it's to do with personalities or whatnot, but my club, club captain has refused. I've had it three or four times and he's just said, no, I don't think I can help. I'd say, well, can you at least try? And he says, no. So I think last year, uh, it was similar to what you're saying. You could literally just do it, um, and it would happen. But this year, I'm having a, a lot more trouble with that that sort of thing. If I'm being honest,
4: yeah. You see, we definitely differ there. For me, it's 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 worked literally 98 out of 100 times. I'm heading into season three now, um, and the strange thing is, I can have these players step in on my behalf and talk every single player around in the squad. But much like Kurt you just said a moment ago. I too have sold or had the board sell highly influential players that when you consider they can influence so many people and talk them round in the club when they've played no minutes and they're saying, look, stay at the club, son. You know, don't worry, you're all right. Yet when they get sold, those players who are so ad- sort of adhering to what that man's saying don't have a word to say about it. Strange. Strange.
3: Yeah, I mean... On my, obviously, I completed a season with United as well. And with, obviously, me setting Sir Alex Ferguson as sort of the main roles, I could sort of, it was either me could speak to the player or him. And if I'd ever delegate the charge to him to speak to a player it would be sorted straight away. There was no quibbles whatsoever. Whether there ever was, but I just couldn't see the conversation, I don't know. But a lot of the time, I had, I had no grief with that whatsoever. So, I don't know. It might just be different of saves. Obviously, you're a couple of years ahead of me, so your team might have gelled together a little bit more, so you got a bit more influence or whatnot. It just might be one of those things because I've only just sort of started up a new save.
1: One uh, one slightly contradictory thing I had um, is that I mentioned Eric, Eric Lehigh, who's down as a team leader. His contract's running out. But he's... Um, He's in, like, the secondary social group. He's not even in the core social group. So he's a team leader, but no bugger likes him. So <laughs> it's it's weird. It's weird. I, I'm struggling to get my head around it a little bit.
4: I'll come in with a pro, then. And this is one that is... Un, this one's even surprised me. 3D. Now, I sat here weeks ago from now saying, how, you know, 2D till I die and all the rest of it, and... The more and more I've streamed, we streamed a lot in two D, and then we sort of, you know, mixed it up with a little bit of three D, and it was, um, it was across over the weekend that I sort of sat back and thought to myself, I used to, I used to switch from two D to three D. I had a couple of different three D views that I used, um, but the one I'm using now is, uh, I think, is it telestand? But it's one where you can basically see the whole picture if you zoom out on your mouse wheel and then you zoom back, and i have got a certain height and angle so I can get the best view. And um, at the weekend I was thinking to myself, I can't remember the last time I put two D on, and I'm. Hardcore 2D, always have been. So there we go. There's a little un- unlikely uh, unlikely pro for it.
0: Whilst I do agree in most of that, there are some definite cons with some of it, and I think it's more down to whether it's undersight rather than oversight. that uh, in some of the angles, depending on the zoom level and obviously the height of the camera that you set it to, I've seen quite a few images knocking around and I've seen a couple myself when I've been playing where if you get a particular ground and you get a bit too close to the like the canopies on some of the the stands that that's basically all you see which can be a bit annoying. I've also seen some where you get shots of the crowd and they look particularly awful uh, probably down to sort of lackluster textures and it basically doesn't look very good and it's a bit annoying because sometimes I want to have that proper low camera angle but it doesn't allow me to because unless I want to view the match of a, a canopy and just go off you know text-based chat uh, or uh, text-based uh, commentary I don't really have much of an option unfortunately
1: yeah i'm uh, I'm not opposed to 3d this year i've I've been streaming in 3d um I think given the choice I'd probably still be playing 2d. Um, but i'm i'm not playing in 3d and missing 2d you know i've i've found an angle that i'm comfortable with um i think i can't remember what which one it is it might be sideline or something but i can see if i can see enough of the pitch without feeling like i'm too far away from the action and you know it's hard to sort of to to focus in on 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 certain players but yeah i'm, I'm similar I'd, I'd probably put 3d in the in the pro column
2: yeah yeah just to literally round that up nicely the thing i like about the 3d is the movement of the players it doesn't look as clunky as it has in the past which made it quite easy to actually watch um because obviously if a, a leg just protrudes from one angle and manages to get to the ball it's quite annoying but uh that's definitely something i i do like
0: one thing it hasn't made look particularly nice though is the ridiculous amount of offsides
2: i was just gonna say that was a that was a definitely a con of mine but i'll uh, i'll let you carry on
4: in with the cons, in, in with, with the, the cons. cons. <laughs> Offside, Take it so away, sir. <laughs> well,
0: well, the the offsides are ridiculous. Now I'm playing at a, a reasonably low level, as I've mentioned already, uh, both on this pod and on previous pods. But it's just obscene. I, I, I like the the level of the of the assistant. Or the referee, assist, referee's assistant, linesman, if you want, whatever they're supposed to be called these days. But the calibre of uh, of assistant referee at Conference South level is sublime. The amount of times my players seem to be caught offside, it's unbelievable. And it's whether it be a long ball over the top, whatever. Some he don't even look offside. I I've sat there and analysed it to buggery, and I'm not convinced they're offside. Yet yeah, the game deems it offside. So. I'm not entirely sure how these rules are being implemented,
1: but I don't wholeheartedly agree with them. I'd be interested to know what roles you're using because I've got a a striker by the name of Jason Cummings. We 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 nickname him Cumdog, but uh, that's another that's by the by. Um, So the Cumdog he plays as an advanced forward, and one of his player traits is that he likes to beat the offside trap. Now putting those two things together seems to be an offside machine. It's absolutely incredible. That guy, is he lives offside. It's astonishing. And I'm not sure if it's tantamount to the role of advanced forward or whether it's a combination of the advanced forward role and the fact that he likes to try and beat the offside trap. But it is incredibly frustrating to watch, especially on comprehensive highlights. Just a, a little update on to r- what
2: roles produce a lot of uh, offsides. A target man and a poacher. They seem to just produce them like they're going out of fashion. Even when I change the poacher to a deep line forward, still are easily double figures offside. It is so, so frustrating. And like Matt said, it doesn't matter if it's a long ball or a short short passing routine, they're going offside.
4: Well, as you guys know, I've run with comprehensive uh, highlights from the very beginning. And Tim Foyle hat time here. But I can't help but think the offsides are filler. For the highlights, so I've played with with a defensive forward, who's or or a deep line forward, who is still getting caught offside more times than soft Mick throughout a game. And let's while well, we're on the same subject, and and again, what I'm talking this subject for me, the con for me uh, is not necessarily right now. It's it's not the offsides, although they are a pain in the ass. It is more the duff. Highlights that we're seeing in the match engine, or the way I see it in the match engine, as I say, as someone who watches on on comprehensive, I'm seeing wingers get out to the wing with no men around them, not a defender in sight. He's beat the defender, he's been played through, whatever it may be, and he's then putting the ball out past the byline. If he doesn't put it out past the byline, he's putting it directly at the keeper, and then the keeper's taken hold of it in his hands and carrying it across the byline for an unnecessary corner. In my favor, let's not get me wrong, but nonetheless, I'm seeing stuff that's happening in the in the, in the the match engine, be it offsides, be it uh, uh, losing possession due to a, a, a guy who's, who's a, a, an adept crosser, he can cross the ball with no pressure around him kicking it out, or he's hitting the ball directly at the keeper, and it's going out. For me, I feel as though, for everything I can say is great about the 3D match engine and, and the way it sort of changed my way of watching the games this year, watching it in comprehensive feels so painful. And that's not just me. That's the, that's the majority of my chat. Everybody is like on this, on this train of, it feels like filler. It just feels like the the, the highlights are being fluffed up. Um, it's a pain. I'd much rather see that guy on the wing overshoot across. Because at least then he's putting it somewhere in the box. Okay, granted, it might not be a level anybody can reach. But instead, I'm watching him get seven crossing opportunities in a game. He's putting three out past the byline. The rest of them are going towards the keeper and we're winning a corner. It's just just ridiculous.
3: That happens a lot, even on extended, though, the crossing thing. Because I have I have that so much. Like, say, for example, you're 1-0 down. You start creating a good move. You get it down to your winger. You're like, come on, this is the chance. And he just fires it low and hard at the near post. Like, why? And the keeper can't even, like, catch the ball. And he goes out for a corner, which very rarely we get anything from as well. Uh, one thing I've noticed, especially sort of not... Well, sort of related to the offsides. When a player's offside and we score, I normally can sort of see the assistant referee, like the lino, put his flag up. There was one that I had yesterday where I'd scored a goal from a corner. I normally... The sort of liner just sort of runs down the, the line, but he just stood there, so I wasn't I wasn't sure whether the sort of the goal stood or not because he didn't have his flag up. But it got given a foul. But normally I have this is just the, the tiniest minute detail. Normally a, a liner would sort of flag, wouldn't he, first and either hold hold the flag there or whatnot. So I was just stood there for like a minute trying to figure out if we'd scored or not. Um, but again, that's sort of in with the the weird and wacky little animations that the the game holds. Just really jumping back to what Teach said about the the keeper walking it out. I actually had two
2: yesterday in last night's stream where the keeper did exactly that, but walked it in his own net. Um, so I don't know if anyone else has had that. I mean, I'm not going to complain. That's gifted two goals. But uh, yeah, it's just weird. It's, it's, it's very strange.
4: Another con from me, and it's, it's something I've only experienced once. Unfortunately, it was post-save. So I'd save the game, and then it happened directly after that save file but I'm hearing more and more on social media, on Twitter and whatnot about crash dumps. It is happening for what I, for, me, and I know that this is a very, we can't say that this is in the game. Everybody has a different system. We don't know what they're running and everything else, but it seems to be when the game was out for that first sort of week or two, I didn't hear a right lot about crash dumps. Not really, not in the grand scheme of things, but just this past seven days, I've read and seen so much about crash dumps, it's beginning to get a little worrying for me, especially having had that post-save crash dump, which, as I say, caused no issues. It was fine, but it did happen.
2: One thing I found, it's like you said, in the last seven days, uh, I haven't had a crash dump for uh, until a a, a week or so ago, and then I seem to be having a few more. I've actually changed it now to have rolling saves uh, after every match, just to try and, if it does dump, just to try and minimise how much you've got to try and catch up.
0: To be honest, I would have that anyway. The the rolling save feature is the most underappreciated feature at all in any save, uh, aside from any potential people that are trying to claim that you're cheating because you save so often. <laughs> um, if you're saving after uh, each week after every match, um, once, once you've uh, had that result, that's locked in. But also it means that you're less likely to suffer from save corruption because at least you've got potentially two five ten i think that's the limit isn't it 10 uh, that you can or nine other saves that you can roll back to and you only lose a week's worth of progress which is i would say is is arguably better than maybe having it save every month and then having three weeks worth of uh, results that you've then got to go ahead and replay and potentially get called out for cheating because you've then gone on Replayed three games and got different results, or alternatively, you spend days and days and days trying to replicate them as close to the, the original result as possible.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've only had one, I think, which is to be fair, is probably my first one in several years. Um, but I'm a massive advocate of the rolling save. Um, I know I was watching uh, Viking Dan stream the other day, uh, and he hadn't saved for about three hours. And there you go, crash dump all of a sudden. Um, he's got a replay three hours worth of his stream so it was pretty brutal um, yeah
2: one downside to the rolling saves after every match however is pre-season um, if you do if you've got a couple of weeks before you play a match uh, I I just advocate just a little save every now and then because I've had that where in previous games where you've done two, two weeks of transfers scouting and trying to build your team maybe a, a, a cheeky sale or two and then bang it's gone
1: one, uh, one, one other con for me is the pre-match meeting. What, what purpose does that serve? I'm still, I'm, I'm yet to, I'm yet to, uh, to find out. No, I can only echo this.
2: I haven't had a single bit of feedback uh, from anybody that's been in the stream, other Content creators, even just, just, just casual players of the game, that they've seen a constant rise to performance or or your tactic being delivered better. haven't seen anything. Anyone else?
4: I've had feedback from the players when using it, where it's gone a little bit green because you've said you want to deploy yourself in this way. But it wasn't worth my time. The time in which all those extra clicks to go through every little bit and bits and pieces, I can honestly say I've streamed. I did a little count out the other day. So my Argentina save at the moment has been live on Twitch for I think around about 120 hours. That's how many hours I've got in that save at the moment. And I probably last used that meeting about 95 or 96 hours ago with no detriment to what's happening. I just completely skip it and then arrange my squad uh, basically on match day, the same way I've done done in the years gone past. Maybe it's a placeholder feature, maybe it's something that's gonna improve as the game goes on. But at the moment, much like socials last year, a complete waste of my time that I spend. The only time I spend on there is to quickly click, click, skip.
3: Uh, I agree with Teach. I mean, I've d- used it before, um, similar to Teach, and I've got greens every now and then, but I don't know what everyone else does now, whether you leave it to the assistant or skip it altogether now, because I think I think I do probably a bit of both, but I very now, very rarely actually take them myself.
2: During pre-season, I, I, I did it all the time. Bang, just trying to deliver how I wanted it, my match plan to be to be drawn out during the game, scenarios. It took so long. And you can't... I, I couldn't find a feature where you could save that sort of thing. But then every week's different. You play a different sort of opponent, a different calibre of teams, etc., etc., etc. And all you need to do um, is is go back into it and redo it all again. It just seemed ages. It took ages. So I don't know, like, teacher, I don't know whether maybe... Next year, it's going to be a bit better or whatever. Or when you get further on, it's going to get easier. But, yeah, it's something that skip
1: is definitely a good idea. I, uh, I generally leave it to my assistant now. But I, I in pre-season, I was um, telling them that we need to focus on the formation because they were still learning th- the formation. And, uh, that you know, that was getting a, a good response. Um, I did, however, have a negative response once when they told me the f- they thought the formation was too attacking. However, we went on to win the game. Quite comfortably, so I, I, I don't know. I just I can't get, don't understand it yet. And like you say, it probably is a placeholder with the intention of it improving, uh, with uh, with versions going forward.
3: Yeah, I've got another pro to add because I don't know if we've uh, <laughs> said it, got a few cons, but um, I actually quite like the scouting system on this game. I think you know when we were doing one of the pods leading up to the new game, I think one of the suggestions I had was regarding the scouting. And saying, you know, at times where they kept saying this player is out of your scouting range, now you can actually scout the players. Obviously for a fee, which I think I suggested before, and it's actually in the game now, which I really like. I I can appreciate how difficult that would be for lower league sides, because I've, I know Matt was sort of managing at that sort of level. Um, but I actually like it a lot, and I, I think it's a really good feature that they've added.
0: See, I'm glad you mentioned that, Dave, because that's pretty much what I was, I was just about to counter your point of it being a good addition. It's a good addition until you get to the point where you can't afford it. Yeah. And I'm finding that I'm just abusing the trial mask market. Absolutely. Um, I can't look at any players uh, unless my scouts already have knowledge of them. And even then, I'm you know borderline lucky if I get anything bar three stats come back or three attributes come back. Uh, so I have to offer trials... And quite a lot of players don't really want to come on trial all the time. Um, It just means then you've got... a. I think I had 56 trialists at my club at once. Uh, And that can be quite hard to keep tabs on, to be honest. And even then you don't get all the attributes. So it's just a... I feel like it's kind of balked it a bit at lower level. Maybe it's more... Realistic, I'm. I'm. I'm aware that capturing when they were when they were down in a, a few level, layers, uh, layers, a few levels below where I am at now in the conference south. Uh, they they basically had three or four trialist days over pre season and was just they were just trying any player, um, and quite frequently throughout the season they would just bring in players on non contract terms and then those players would then subsequently leave, uh, one of which actually now plays in the in in the football league, so. It does. It happens. It does happen. So maybe that's more representative of of the level now. I I don't really know, to be honest. Um, Not being an actual football manager, but as if we, I don't know, if we actually see half the trialists announced as uh, as we would see on Football Manager. uh, Maybe it's just the successful ones that we get to see uh, represented, sort of in club news as such.
2: What you're saying, we're not actual managers. Matt, that's you know. I'm <laughs> I, know, I, know I know I've
0: broken that that that, that glass ceiling there, <laughs> and really, really ruined it for all of us. Uh, but yeah, we're we're not real managers, unfortunately.
2: One thing just to round up the scouting, if if I may, is one thing I do like, especially being a far screen manager at the moment, actual manager, uh, Matt, is the fact that uh, I can sell a player and then put that some of that transfer budget that I received from that player into my scouting budget. Um, so you know maybe. I haven't got enough to buy a decent player but what I can do is I can put it into my scout and maybe find a decent free or even somebody that could come on loan and I I, I like that feature, that's nice
0: I mean I don't know how far this Fiver that I've got from someone is going <laughs> to go into my uh, transfer budget when I can only retain 10% of it but hey
2: 50p, you can get, you, I right. think you can get two Freddos for that now
4: <laughs> Do you sign only vegans? Me? Yes, you
2: no. <laughs> no. I do
0: think that this is something you should do like the Basque region does so can I it's the vegan region
2: I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say it. well I am allowed to say it. I've been told it in confidence and uh, and uh, you know I I like to drop exclusive but uh, I found out that only one player at forest Green is fully vegan and that's wow. mr Dale Bennett um there's a couple of other players that have spoken to some of the players at forest Green, and they've then gone on been and, and gone on and become vegan um but no tomorrow actually Highlights my, my month being vegan. So thanks, Teach.
0: Welcome.
2: Never been healthier.
0: Are you continuing with that, or is that going to be knocked on the head? You're going to have a big, fat, juicy burger at the uh, end of Christmas
2: month? Day, I'm not vegan, um, but <laughs> I will be doing big January. Um, so I'll be doing another month. I don't
0: think that's a thing. It unless is. Unless you're trying to Google make it. it a Google
2: thing. it, Google it, Google it. I think that should be the title of the podcast so we can get it out there. So everybody... I'm not going to be that sort of vegan. I'm I not promise. being
0: part of this agenda. I refuse to. <laughs> Never trust the internet. Never trust the internet. <laughs> right. We'll round it off there. I'm sure we will revisit this discussion once again when the when probably when the patch drops, when the big update drops uh, after the January transfer window has well and truly closed. So, as per usual, there may be no cheerleaders in skimpy skirts or local oddballs trying to hit the crossbar with an oversized inflatable, but we do
1: have Curtis Quiz. Hello there. Um, Hello, sir. It's it's interesting, Matt, that you you said we're uh, we're not real managers. And uh, whilst I disagree with that from the bottom of my heart, um, this week's quiz actually revolves around proper real managers well in your eyes at least so so, so, so sorry right so you, we've got real i.e. us and then proper real ones who are, who are the, the real ones if, i mean if you want to put them in those boxes that's up to you but uh, <sighs> that's 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 what we're going for um so just a, a quick recap of the rules obviously first to shout in gets the first opportunity to answer the question if you get it wrong you're eliminated from the question and you are subject to to that Viking Down rule of minus one point, we have a tiebreaker if we need to. Matt, I believe you won the quiz last week. Is that correct? I believe I did. Uh, it means a lot to him. You can tell. Um, <laughs> I just—I was failing. I was struggling to remember. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, good good luck to you all. Uh, we'll start with question number one as always. This influential and inno- innovative English manager has been credited with creating the WM Formation, a system that saw Arsenal win two top flight titles in 1931. Nerd. Nerd.
0: Oh, Herbert. It's gone. It's gone. I can't remember.
1: Uh, I'm, is, gonna have is, to, is, I'm gonna have to give is you double... minus one there, Matt, and okay, I'd, I'd appreciate it if you stopped talking. Thank you. <laughs> wow, bloody hell! The beast started it, already. You, is you it. have a history of passing and then shouting the <laughs> answer. So oh,
0: no, wait, wait, that's, that's not me who says
1: that. <laughs> that, Matt is that is not me. That's definitely not me. Um, does anyone else want to chime in? Can you finish the question? I did. Oh, okay. I can read. I can. I can read no, no, the question fine. again. Okay. No answers. Okay, so the answer was
4: Herbert Chapman.
1: You were on the oh, right one.
4: I, right. I read it about two weeks ago. When even when even when one true nerd there said, "Oh, crude nerd, Matthew, whatever you are going by this week." Um, this week, Jesus. When you said direction, Herbert, tofu, yeah, it didn't, it didn't Corn. tick. Me. It didn't make me think. Oh yeah, I've got it. But it was, uh, of course, it's in uh, inverting the pyramid. It's in uh, the early chapters. Um, nerd, so, uh, just
1: to confirm, you you can start talking again now. Uh, question number two. <laughs> this former Argentina and Chile coach has been described by both Pep Guardiola and Maurizio Pochettino as the best coach in the world. He also had stints at Atletico Bilbao and is currently nerd. nerd. Uh, Bielsa. Bielsa is correct. Oh, I
3: was going to say that but I wasn't sure who he'd managed. Back to zero.
1: Question number three. Famous for hanging out a car window on transfer deadline days. Nerd. Nerd. Harry Redknapp. Minus one for nerd. Famous for hanging out a car window on transfer deadline days. Harry Redknapp won the FA Cup in 2008 with which club? Dupe. Dupe. Portsmouth. Portsmouth is correct. Wait for the question, Matthew. It's a good question, that, wasn't it? He led you right down the path. (laughs) (laughs) Question number four. Name the England manager who guided the three lines to their only World Cup win in nineteen sixty six. Nerd. Nerd. Alf Ramsey. Alf Sir. Ramsey. Correct. Was it a It Definitely is now. Um Alf Ramsey is correct. That was the name he was given at birth, so that's fine. Question number five. Name the Dutch manager who was credited with the invention of total football nerd. nerd. Michel. Correct. Very good. Question number six. Known for his Gagan pressing style, Jurgen Klopp joined Liverpool after being sacked by which German Dave. club? Dave. Dortmund.
3: Dortmund. Dortmund.
1: I love the fact that you all, you all waited there. <laughs> yeah,
3: I, was go I like this. I like this. <laughs> I don't want to, but number, I like it.
1: <laughs> question number seven. Which former manager turned pundit was disgraced when his racist comments about nerd. Marcel, nerd Ron Atkinson? Ron Atkinson is correct.
0: I guess we can't say what he said, though. <laughs> Do you know, I didn't even I didn't even
1: look that up. <laughs> Question number eight, affectionately known as Old Big Ed, Nerd. Right? nerd? Oh, no, no, <laughs> bother, no, damn it. <laughs> right, so carry on, Chris. <laughs> one. Minus, Minus one. one. Affectionately <laughs> known as Old Bighead, Brian Howard Clough lasted 44 tumultuous days as manager of which West Yorkshire club? The Damned United, chaps.
3: Oh, I've watched it, I, I can't remember.
4: I do I know can't this. believe none of you know this. I've watched Teach. The film. Teach. Sheffield United.
1: Minus one for Teach. I just went with it. The answer is Leeds. I am, uh, I'm astonished. I'm, no I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. Yeah, I was going to say Cuddesfield for some reason. It's only one, one,
4: one, only one United film I'd watch. <laughs> Question number nine.
1: Now, we all know Clough was a legendary manager, especially at Nottingham Forest. Which former left back who played under Clough at Forest? Replaced him as, as manager, Nerd Frank Clark is correct.
3: I wasn't even born then.
1: I was, uh, I was, I was hoping people were going to say Stuart Pearce. <clears throat> uh, question number ten. Now, the special one is a self-appointed nickname by now Manchester United manager Jose Mourinho. But which manager did Mourinho works once teach. work under teach? Bobby Robson. Bobby Robson is correct. Thus ends the quiz. So in fourth place with zero points is Mr Teach.
3: Well on Teach. At least it's not a minus.
1: Uh joint second uh with one point apiece is Dave as a party and Fat Man Dupe. Oi oi. Just me clapping. And he had a bit of a rough ride, but he's managed to come out with two points. He'd definitely come out. <laughs> it's uh, Mr. Nerd. Congratulations, Nerd. Oh, God dearie, man. Well I'll,
0: I'll learn to stop jumping the gun so much next oh,
1: time. Like, <laughs> question uh, answering us. <laughs> it was indeed. They were, oh, they, were, they were built to lure you in. I wouldn't feel too bad, Matt.
0: Well, uh, I, s- I, s- I s- pulled it back <laughs> in the end. I guess. <laughs>
1: well done Matt well done
0: thank you thank you right okay Uh, as is now the custom following Curtis quiz we've got to run the rule over a wonder kid to see whether they're worth their salt and worth entering into the five star potential wonder kid hall of fame and this week oh it's a biggie it's a real biggie we've got Cherno Samba this week's nominee is none other than Cherno Samba Born on the 10th of January 1985, he is now a former professional footballer who played as a forward. But of course, you already all knew that. He was capped at every single youth level in England up until the under-20s. He also gained four caps for Gambia, his home country, having moved to England as a young child. He started his career at Millwall before moving to Spain to join Cadiz. Whilst at Cadiz, he spent time at Malaga and then returned to England to play for Plymouth and Wrexham. He finished his career, FK Tonsberg, in Norway, but made trips to Finland and Greece along the way. In 2015, Sambo announced his retirement from football due to injury at the age of just 30. From his debut in 2002 until his retirement in 2015, he only amassed a mere 52 appearances and 15 goals. He does have an international goal to his name though, scoring for Gambia in 2008. But real life is not where his legend has been made. Championship manager 0102 is where we saw Cherno Samba absolutely tear it up. His cult status, though, is very much deserved. Regardless of whatever team you were managing, you had to sign Cherno Samba. By the age of 23, many members of the football manager community had highlighted incredibly high attributes in acceleration, pace, jumping, as well as his finishing meant that he was absolutely lethal up front. With that physical prowess combined with an incredible mental aptitude for football, Cherno Samba would absolutely terrify opposition defences. Since Championship Manager 0102, though, things have been less kind to Cherno Samba, with his real-life failings having a drastic impact on his attributes since. Despite his attributes decreasing over time, he's still very highly regarded by the Football Manager Faithful. Sitting atop his lofty pedestal, above many other wonderkids. It's not just the players that hold him in this high regard though, as Sports Interactive included him in the advert for Football Manager 2017. So gentlemen, has Cherno Samba done enough to justify his claim for a position in the five-star potential wonderkid hall of fame? So just to remind you all, we have three criteria that we must judge them on and it's up to us how we weight those criteria and the importance of them. We have the football manager wonderkidness, which is how many times or how many games there were a wonderkid and how effective they were as a wonderkid. Uh, our own personal use of that said player and how much we loved them and adored them or not, as the case may be. And finally, we have their real life attainment. Have they reached that potential that football manager predicted or did they flounder under that pressure? So we'll start off with
4: Mr Teach. This one's a tricky one for me because I believe, I mean I've said this before and I make no bones of it. Um, as a youth growing up I wasn't I didn't spend hours and days and and for some people weeks on forums and chasing things up to find out who was who. I often mixed in and out of saves, certainly that many years ago I mean but well well when we think about Samba it's a 2002 uh you know 15 years I'd have been 19 you know, I was I was out doing a hell of a lot of drinking and stuff. You know, and I was I was playing Football Manager less and less at, at that time, um, so I never used him. Shock horror! But genuinely, I never used him. I don't know whether it was a version of the game. I was also in the army at the time, so maybe that was a anyway. I I I never actually used Cherno Samba. I've heard a lot about him ever since, but if we're talking about being a stickler for the criteria, as as Mister Kurt Doggy's back this week. Um, I couldn't give a yes from me because I've not used him. It wouldn't be fair. Um, I then look at his career, and more to the point, of what he didn't go on and achieve. Because I think it's fair to say that is 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 standing within football managers certainly did not then mirror what happened in real life. Uh, so it's a no there. But Manchester, uh, but football manager wonderkindness, absolutely because. He's one of the first names that will come to anybody's lips when talking about football manager Wonder kids. But that's two no's and one yes, so it's a no. Oh, I was thought I was thinking there was going to be a dupe style U-turn. There. I was going to do a U, and I thought, <laughs> you know what, I'm <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna stage straight. And honestly, I, mean, I, I can't, I can't stress enough because I've not even used him ever in the game. I, I, I cannot perform that U-turn, so it, it's gonna have to be a no. The daggers are out, the hard hat is on, but it is <laughs> what it is. I was busier drinking and getting laid, so no <laughs> samba for me.
0: At least you're honest. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, chainmail is also an efficient use of armor, so that might be also required at some point. Kurt, dog, you're one of the old, older guard as well. Uh, let's let's see. This is going to be interesting. This could be a duality, or it could be that you're in,
1: in complete agreement. Go for it. Teach was out drinking and getting laid. I was just out drinking. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, I I'm almost identical to teach with my experience of Cherno Samba. I'm a, I became I became aware of him subsequent to the game that he was actually a wonder kid. Um, but I never used him myself. Um, obviously, he's not gone on and achieved what he should have achieved um, after that, I think it was it 0102 game. Um, he is what Miles Jacobson would call an anomaly or a mistake. However, when I think of a football manager, Wonder Kid, Cherno Samba is probably one of the first people that pops into my head. The man was even in a football manager advert. You know, that's how much they regard him as being linked to them in whatever respect. Um, so for me, the fact his football manager, Wonderkidness, outweighs any experience that I ever had with him or not with him, as the case may be. So for me, he's he's got to be going in. He's a yes.
0: Marvellous. So we've got one all. Excellent. We might have. We might just have a bit of suspense to build up. David, you are the youngest of us. In fact, you were about three years old when the game was released. So I'm going to be very interested to see what you've got to say about <laughs> Mr Samba.
3: Well, as you could guess, I've never used him. Um, I've heard a lot about him. As, I mean, Teach and uh, Chris have already said, whenever sort of the name crops up or whenever you say football manager, Wonderkid, along with the likes of sort of Freddie Adu and so on, he's one of the first that come up on the list. So I know for that fact that he was he was pretty decent on the game as I say I've not used him real life I mean he had quite a number of caps for England youth teams but again never really made it at first team level or at the top level so that's two no's an ES so as much as I'd love to say yes I think I've got to go with teach and say no on this one
0: Blimey Blimey pressure is on Mr Dupe.
2: Well I'm a little bit surprised that Kurt stepped away from his criteria that he loves so much um Football manager Wonderkid, absolutely yes. I can only echo what everyone else has said. Uh, there's no point retreading those uh, those tracks. Uh, did he make it in real life? No. 52 appearances in a 10-year career, absolutely not. So that's definitely a no. Uh, did I use him? Now, I didn't use him as much as I probably should have. Um, I used him more than these lot by the looks of it. But I used him by Watching my brother use him because my brother used to play the game and I used to watch, and he used him. I've seen him firsthand, so it's on a technicality. It's a yes for me, he's in technicality, <sighs> right. technicality, but it's not well, a you, so I can't get told off.
0: I can't believe that we've got suspense for someone so synonymous with football manager or Championship Manager at the time, as Cherno Samba, but we've got it. So, in comes the music, and in comes me for Judge Jury and Executioner once again. Right. Okay. So, Football Manager Kidness is... That's that's a dead cert. He's, he would be in on that count. On real-life attainment, not a chance, Sunshine. He's not done enough. He's, he's not performed at the top level. He's barely played at any level. Uh, and when the one of the biggest achievements of your career is featuring in a football manager advert, you've got to be asking questions of yourself. But the third, and I would I would say the most important for me, my personal use of him, he replaced a 43-year-old Andrei Shevchenko for me. Uh, I can't remember Cherno Samba's age but I had a bit of a propensity at this point. I, this was a, um, one of my most favourite saves on any of the Championship or Football Manager games, whereas blackburn Rovers, I started off at Yeovil, moved to Blackburn, found them in the Championship, re-signed Alan Shearer before he retired and kept him in there, won a Champions League with Alan Shearer still playing in that side, replaced him after he retired with Andrei Shevchenko, who was equally old, and then subsequently replaced him with Cherno Samba who was no spring chicken so I've never used him as a wonder kid but my god did that guy bag goals for fun so on that count I'm not going to disappoint anyone he's in absolutely without a shadow of a doubt so round of applause you can add this to your trophy wall Mr Cherno Samba you are in to the 5
1: star potential wonder kid hall of fame and so bloody well you should be I'm so I'm so. Pla- I genuinely thought we were going to lose all credibility as a football manager podcast by not inducting <laughs> Cherno Samba into the Hall of Fame. So well done, Matthew. Well done.
2: Does Does anyone is he still in the game this year? Does anyone checked? Because I mean, he's nah, still he's retired. not retired.
3: He has retired. He
2: has retired, so he's
3: definitely yeah, not in the you, game. Yeah, due to injuries. He's my yeah. bin
4: man. I think. <laughs> I've got to say, I'm. You know, I'm glad he's in. And, and I was that close. You guys could see me on the video. I don't think anyone knew which way I was going to go on the first one, but I played stickler to the criteria, which gave <laughs> Mister Curter a little bit of a long leash to go right against everything he's ever gone, <laughs> anything he's ever gone with, and completely change the shape of the game. So uh, I think we all played our little part today, boys. There, there are some on people. The back. Yeah, there are some people you've got to make exceptions
1: for. For me, well, so I I, surely if you're not going to.
2: St- if you're not going to stick to the, the criteria, we can go back and listen to a couple more because th- there must be a couple or three players that you've taken out because you're be- you're trying to stick to that criteria. <laughs> I can't believe you broke it, Kerry. You, you're
0: a
1: man of your word. No, no one else <laughs> has appeared in a Football Manager advert. Put
0: it that way. <laughs> I mean, maybe we should add that to the criteria. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he should, yeah, that's
1: bonus points, surely. Yeah,
0: right. Okay, we have time for a, a little Q&A. So, uh, the, the question that I've picked out this week, if I can find it, uh, which uh, with which is is weather related, uh, strangely enough, with it being a bit snowy of late, have you guys ever changed tactic based on weather conditions or even taken notice of it? And that's from at according to FM
4: on Twitter. Teach never. Not once, not a single time. Like literally you asking me that question is the very first time I've ever even considered, ah, weather. <laughs> nah, not once. And um, I'm not going to say I win every game I play because obviously I don't. But I've never once lost a game and go, oh, God damn it, do you know what? It was raining. I should have changed the way I was playing. I've been screwed. I've, do you know what? I've just rushed into things there. I should have changed my game. Nah, not a chance. No, not likely will I ever, I'm afraid. Don't think I will. Excellent. Mr. Dupe. thoughts?
2: No, I've never done it. Uh, I've never stood on the, the touchline with an umbrella and thought we need to change to shorter passing or keep the ball on the deck. It's something again. I can only echo what Toot says. No,
0: I guess you've got too much of a hairline to sort of replicate Steve McLaren. Anyway, jealous. so you need need a bit more than just the brawley. Yes. Um, a Dutch accent
1: Mister <laughs> Kurt Dog. Um, yes, and uh, for a couple of reasons. So, firstly, um, I, th- I think we've talked about this before, but I uh. I grew up playing football manager, well, championship manager at the time with with my dad, and he was always a big advocate of if the weather was wet, he might maybe go a bit more direct, maybe up the temper a little bit, whatever. Um, and this was kind of confirmed on uh, SI Forum once by, I'm not sure if he ever worked on the game, but he certainly was closely connected uh, with SI was a guy called I think it was WW fan or something like that. Yes, you are right. Yeah, um, and he did a, a long sort of long post which I've still got saved in my favourites actually, um, where he talks about if it's if the weather's uh, wet or the or the you know it's a heavy pitch then you might want to think about um, playing more direct, getting stuck in, blah, blah, you know, hitting the flanks, stuff like that. And he was, like I say, he, he was quite closely connected to the game, so I've always been um, someone who, don't do it regularly, but every now and again I will change my tactics based on weather conditions or pitch conditions. Marvellous. And David?
3: Uh, same as dupe and teach, I've never even considered it, never even looked at it once, so um, to answer the question, no I have never done it.
0: Excellent, and I I, I I pay attention to the weather, whether I actually decide to change anything or not. I tend to be a bit stubborn with things like that. So I I very rarely do it, although it's the first thing I blame when things go all pinked on. I mean, I can't help Teach. but
4: think that, you you know, you're going to, you're gonna say, "Oh well, we, you know, we've, we've got South Westerlies today. Uh, you know, we've got the uh, orientation on this pitch. We're sort of facing east to west. We've got them South Westerlies. so we probably want to, pay, you know, we, we ideally we want to play up the right hand side because that way we're not going to have the wind in our face." It sounds like a crock of shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not having that. Right. <laughs> See, and and if you if you get into a game, right, or you're going into a game, so you set your team out. You have got your team well drilled in. You you like shot passing retain possession, and you know, this is where you train this and you play it. Every- Sorry, lads, it's raining, so we're going to forget absolutely everything I've taught you, and just pump it forward, lads. Just launch it up there. That's what we're going to do this week. It just sounds like, to so, me, I'm not, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying it. Sorry, a bit <laughs> ranty, that, but it's. Uh, it, it seems to me, I understand that weather is there for a thing, and although everything in FM is meant to be a thing, I think it's fair to say that we all know that there's a fair few things in there that mean absolutely fuck all, but that one... Although it, may, although it may mean a thing, personally, I don't think it will have that much of an effect on that match engine, if that's what we can call it, because at times it's a bit bullshit. Um, I don't think that can have a thing in the game. Not enough of a thing to make you change the way you play and get positive results. I think you're probably running more the risk of fucking things up further. I really can't help but think that.
2: Want to reword that, or are you happy with the way that came out?
4: No, I, I'm pretty good with the way I nailed Sweet. that down. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, just, it's a surprise teach because I can I can envision you being on the side of the pitch, 32 minutes in, and you've got your wind speed uh, monitor out to just check the wind to see how how high your balls are going to be. <laughs> how are your balls going to be played uh, I just I think that's your your type of scrutiny that you do but one thing I will say about weather is I've never uh, managed lower league properly um, and I actually got my first game cancelled due to snap Um so I did actually take it into how I wanted to play because we played Scrabble instead
0: <laughs> I mean I'm genuinely a bit surprised not by teacher's rant because we all know he's a bit of an angry northerner but more to the fact that he doesn't Sort of pay attention. You're not paying attention to that because you've been so focused on tactical stuff. I would have thought, and trying to take the game slowly, I would have thought that it may have factored into more decisions. But obviously, it doesn't, and we won't touch this subject ever again
4: because it's clearly not a favourite. We should come Mr. back. Teach. I, I think, we could, I think we could do half hour on this. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I I feel <laughs> that we could make some great content on this. Yeah, yeah. This is this is team meeting material. You know, can, I'm actually surprised to hear that a couple of you guys. I know Matt, you said you've 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 seen it, but maybe not acted upon it. But you keep your eye on it, and and I'm surprised to hear Curtis say that he does it because of all the things that you're prepping for in a game. Uh, you, you know, you're checking out your scout reports, you're checking out your analyst reports, you're seeing how they're attacking and how they're shaping up on the field, and what you can expect them to do across the course of ninety minutes, whether they're going to hold back, push forward, or whether they're going to try and flood you late on in the game, or whatever it's. Been. I'm surprised anyone actually has the foresight to go. Do you know what? Actually. It's raining as well. So um, those lads charging forward, ooh, if any of them ain't got their studs on correctly, they're going to be all over the place. We might be able to exploit passing this space when he slips on his ass. I just can't see it. I can't see it. And, and to be honest, of all the time I've uh, played and watched other people play football manager, I've never seen someone at the first sort of, you know, when they're setting up the game, I've never seen someone go, oh, ah, we was going to line up like this, but I've just spotted heavy rain. So, um... Let me have a think, and then them change it. I've never seen that by anybody when I've watched content at all. Period. Um, so yeah, there we go. Um, just a bit ranty again, but I can't help it. It's just it's it's beyond belief for me to think that someone uses that as a as a as a major factor into you know you try and build a brand of football, however that football may be. Is that is your brand of football then going to change dependent on the weather? It just doesn't seem right. You know, it just doesn't
2: around this app I mean I think we should definitely revisit this in a team meeting you know maybe when we got the wind in our sails and uh, we'll give it a go uh, <laughs> on that note
4: <laughs> Duke just wanted to get the one liner up, in I? near the end
0: I'll just pick the lead bloom up it's just dropped SI are
3: going to listen to this and bring a five day weather forecast into next year's game <laughs> so you can team brief on the weather as well
0: Anyway, um, I I don't think I quite heard the as we wound up the uh, Jack in the Box there that is Mr. Tobes, but uh, we'll put him back in for next week. Um, before we, uh... well, that, I think we don't have any time left for questions because we've uh, we filled that one up fairly well. Uh- <laughs> so um, we'll we'll round things off. Uh, before we go, we've got time for some for some Plug City, I think, and uh, this week we're going to sort of incorporate our Twitch updates into our sign-offs, because I thought, why not change it up a little bit? So uh, we'll start with Mr Teach, just to make sure that we've got plenty of time for everyone
4: else. <laughs> Mr Teach, where can people find you, and what have you been doing on Twitch? Uh, people can find me um, outside in the rain, uh, with the wind blowing in my face, <laughs> um, playing the same football I play in the sunshine. Uh, no uh, people can find me on uh YouTube under teach FM and twitter under teach underscore underscore FM and twitch under teach underscore live uh, and this week has been an interesting one because we got to the end of season two uh over on twitch um and had a successful preseason on um, on the this- Saturday I did a, I I think it was 12, was it 12? No, I did about seven and a half hour stream. We did the whole of, we did the whole of pre-season. And we played a lot of teams just to pump up morale and whatnot and get everybody fit. Uh, And it was grand, it was brilliant. Uh, We considered like three goals. Uh, We'd lost one game throughout the whole of pre-season. I think we played about nine or 10 games. And uh, knowing that we were going into season three in which Argentina, the the, the league formats finally got correct. It's finally down to 20 teams. You play each other twice, which is great. Uh, But the season started against Banfield, followed by Boca. And then on to on to Velez and River Plate and everybody else. So we've had a bit of a rough start. And to be honest, looking at the uh, the fixtures that I've got running into in the next uh, few days, I, I may not be at Argentinos come next week, so we shall uh, we'll see how it goes because you know we're still we're still trying to punch a lot a lot higher than we can reach. Um and with this with the with the league looking the way it is in the fixtures, I'm about to run into about seven fixtures that honestly I look at and I try to be a sort of a, a sort of on the level kind of a guy I'm looking at like them seven fixtures we're lucky if we've got seven points in them you know so it's, it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting
0: marvellous well, I'm looking forward to keeping a close eye on your status at Argentinos uh, Mr. Kurt Dog I've enjoyed your, your return since Vegas has happened to, to the forest things so how are things going there and where can people find you
1: uh, it's going alright it rains a lot in Nottingham so I change my tactics up quite regularly Um <laughs> No, uh, yeah, it's it's going alright. Uh, you can find me on Curti FM, pretty much on everything, um, and it's 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 been a mixed bag uh, for us. We we're quite inconsistent. Uh, we have managed to move on Daryl Murphy now, so his his wages are no longer um, hindering our our propensity to sign new players in terms of a wage budget, at least. Um, we've also. We might, we might have nicked Ben Woodburn on loan for the last six months of the season as well. So that could be interesting going forward. Um, yeah, we've we, it's just been a mixed bag. We've had some good results. We've had some poor results against worst, you know, bad teams. Uh, we did beat Brighton in the FA Cup third round uh, 3-0 convincingly at, at Brighton as well. So that's probably been one of our best performances so far. Um, and yeah, we're, we're in January now. Still mid-table. Still in touch with the playoffs, but to be honest, I think a promotion this season uh, is not something I'd I'd be up for. I'd rather sort of have another season to build within the championship uh, before we move up to that Premier League. Uh, you know, we we're just not ready for it. So, but yeah, all good.
0: Excellent, a lovely, honest assessment, Mister Dupe. How is the Green of Forest to, to yeah, link um, you two up together?
2: Yeah, we got we got a little bit of forest off, haven't we, okay. Uh We're we're doing okay. We're we're on quite a high altitude, so uh, we we play a, a lot of a different football because of the wind factor. Um, but and the ever changing, it's got its own climate basically. Anyway, um, we we're third in the league in League One. We've just hit the winter transfer um, uh, window, and uh, things are going okay. We've got the uh, Checker Trade Trophy semi final coming up which I can't wait for. Honestly, this is what dreams are made of to win this cup. Um, and and maybe get promoted. Now, like, a bit like Curtis said, maybe it's a season too early. Uh, I don't like back-to-back-to-back because I just feel that we're too weak. We're relying on loans. Um, but you never know at Forest Green. We are a club that like to break boundaries, and this could be another boundary that we break.
0: Where can people find you?
2: At Forest Green. Uh, most Saturdays, uh, if not there, uh, you can find me at Dupe FM on uh, Twitter and at YouTube or Fatman Dupe because on um, Twitch because Twitch is still not letting me change it yet.
0: Marvelous. I'm I'm a bit surprised you didn't mention anything to do with wind turbines. To be honest, knowing what Forest Green are like with the the whole green electricity thing going on, but never mind. Mr. Dave has a party round us off. Uh,
3: Dave has a party on YouTube and Snapchat. Uh, David's a Party FM on Twitch and Twitter um, Do I need to insert a weather pun here? No, that's
0: right No, fine. not required
3: <laughs> um, I haven't done much streaming yet uh, this week, but I've got a little schedule together which hopefully should tie me in together. So I'm going to be fin- uh, finishing off my Lazio, sort of sven and Eriksson project and then going on to something a little bit different. And over on YouTube, I started a Wolf save this year. So uh, that is going well so far. But yeah, um, hopefully continuing the Lazio save this week.
0: Marvellous stuff. Uh, you can find me on... At Crew Nerd on Twitter and on YouTube. On Twitch, it's One Crew Nerd until I get to change it. Forrest Green aside, signing Dale Grubb from Western Supermare, Mare, um, which happened last week. Uh, he's been going great guns in my Western Super Mare save. He is still my key player, although he's been out injured for a few games. Things are going rather well. I think we're third or fourth at time of recording in our second season. We've hit the ground well and truly running despite not really having too many players on full contracts, massively abusing the non-contract market. But yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised at how things are going. I'm just waiting for that big old bubble to burst and see if I can actually bring them out of the quagmire that is the morale um, issue. I, I, just, I just suppose that would happen when that does happen. Um, but... We're about to, I think we're in October, maybe November. So we're we're quite deep into the first half of, of Season 2. So looking, not looking forward, really, to the old uh, Christmas fixture pile-up, which may well we'll be discussing next week. Right, that rounds everything off. We're about ready to go. Uh, don't forget to join the WeStream FM Discord server The links for all of us and the Discord server will be in the description of this very podcast. If you've enjoyed the pod, then please leave us a review on iTunes. Make sure it's five stars, of course, as it really helps us out. If you're a SoundCloudite, then please drop us a follow. You'll be notified of when we next upload a podcast. And I wanted to mention that we have a Christmas special coming out next week, which will be out on Christmas Day. Christmas morning, in fact just to treat you all so when you're all up nice and early opening up your stockings don't forget to listen and download next week's pod after that anyway this has been 5 Star Potential a WeStream FM production and we'll see you all next week for our Christmas special Jingle Bells everyone say goodbye
4: bye, bye. ho 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 good <laughs>